The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello and welcome to Cast a Strong Style. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my co-host, none other than Mr. Anwar Starwin. What's going on, Anwar? What up, Don? What up, people out there? And starting a trend, we have another guest. This week, it is none other than from the Forever Young cast, Miss Madam Lizette. Hi, guys. It's been forever. How are y'all doing? We're good. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing good. We have Madame Lizette on because Madame Lizette was in the building for the beginning of the G1 Climax. You can hear all about her time before the event, her journey to try to get some merch, and if she was (laughs) successful or not. On this week's edition of the Dark Match, they can only be found on Patreon.com forward slash CSPN media. So we're here to talk about night one of the G1 climax from Dallas, Texas. It was a glorious night, a glorious event. Everybody, according to Miss Madame Lizette, showed up and showed out for New Japan, even without John Moxley being on the show. So we start off hot with the tag team match. The former IWGP junior heavyweight champions take on the current IWGP heavyweight champions and ROH tag team champions the Gorillas of Destiny the Gorillas of Destiny they get the win over Rapungi 3k with the super power bomb on yo so we'll start with Madame Lizette because she was in the building how was the first of all the entrances I love the Gorillas of Destiny's theme it hit so hard and then Rapungi 3K's theme is really fun. And, you know, the things that they do once they get in the ring. So your first take on just the opening sights and sounds of the G1. So where I was sitting, um, the Grizzlies of Destiny's music was a little low. and I um, But I could still, like, make everything out. Um, and then also one of the issues about my seat, which is why I love in seats but also hate in seats, was the ring actually like blocked some of my view. So I had to actually wait for them to kind of get down to the actual ring and then see them on the Jumbotron or seeing them in the ring just because I couldn't see them walk down. And that was for both of them. That's just showing you. And for them, I did see like a little bit of Rocky though when he went in, I think he went and sat down in commentary or like he went over there to talk about something because I saw him. I was like, is that Rocky? Because he's shorter than I anticipated. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But as far as interests and things go, it was good. So crowd, or at least the Dallas crowd, they liked this some heels. So they were here for, and then of course they're like Bullet Club for life. So they were here for all the Bullet Club members coming out and each of their interests um, or whatever. And they totally enjoyed um, Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa. And then like Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa were talking so much shit to like other people in the crowd who were around the ring who were closer. But you could like make out what they were saying. So I think somebody said like something about mom or something about one of them. And um, 
Tangaloa was like, yep, that's why your mom sucks, but like in a totally different way. And I was like, oh, okay, do your thing. Um, I I don't know if I noticed something um, in Rapungi 3K's little like vignette they do during the uh, song or whatever. They Did they change? Like, did they reshoot that? Because like um, Sonata's look different too. So I'm guessing they're like reaching the little vignettes or whatever that take place during it. And that was kind of cool. Like being in um, the little, I guess you would call it like industrial building or whatever and like dancing and having a good time. I still am waiting for the day when they break up Show and Yo because I just feel like one's super smiley and the other one isn't. And it's just time for the, like a change. I don't necessarily want him to turn on him, but it's just like, I mean, that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. But if not, can we just break y'all up acclimately and y'all go your separate ways and be singles wrestlers? I just think that like the tag team itself has kind of run its course. And I kind of feel like the fans feel that way too because the fans were like into 3K being out there, but like they were more for Tomatonga and Tongaloa. Mr. Anwar Starwin, your assessment of Rapungi 3K and the Gorillas of Destiny to start off this year's G1 Climax in I, Dallas. I like that they actually broke rank from what they usually do in Japan actually have the juniors versus the heavyweight Yeah, in the state. And it gave a freshness that is missing in their tag division because this that heavyweight tag division is just not nah, it's not where it's at. Three K in there with God, it just gave different. It was a nice like right amount of length and time, and it, it just it just worked for me, and I enjoyed it. It was a lot better than I thought it would be. I thought it would just have been some type of squash, but no, Three K held their own, and yeah, they lost, but. It was still a hell of a match, and I mean, maybe they might have to think about just consolidating divisions. Maybe they got to do something with that tag division because some of the matches I don't even want to watch. It's been interesting what they're going to do because after the G one, you know, the tag leagues stuff starts coming up. So, oh lord, yeah, they ain't got a lot of those. Yeah, they're going to have to start <laughs> piping in some. Typing in some things, but they always find a way. Junior tag league will be fun, though. But yeah, junior tag league's always fun. Heavyweight tag, tag league, league is iffy. Junior, yeah, heavyweight tag league is never rock- fun. Yeah, we're not rocking with like the heavyweight tag league. Never, <laughs> never. Especially at the end of the year, no, I don't want to do that. But, yeah, I would be, I mean, I already, I'm already on the record. I kind of want to show as a solo. But now that they got um young dude from Australia... Maybe he could tag with. I mean, yo, you think that? Yeah, he, he might. Cause you think Robbie they... Eagles is coming to chaos? Oh, he's in chaos. Oh, know? so like, okay, well, no, I wasn't sure if that was legitimate or not because, like, I know about everything that happened in Australia, but like, I asked, and somebody was like, "No, it hasn't." Like, he hasn't officially joined chaos. Like, the he invitations hasn't... out there. Huh? So he hasn't joined it. I don't think they, I think the invitations. I don't think he's officially joined. He might but, be loosely affiliated at this point. Yeah, like uh, kind of like what was it, Doki and um, what was it, Junior Tag? When Doki was like, I mean, I'm with them, but I ain't with them. Like kind of uh, like that. Yeah. Okay. 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 Good. 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 Well, then, until they confirm that or whatever, I just like I would like to see that as a tag team because it definitely seems like so is more ready to just blast off. I agree. Next up, we had two young lions teaming up with two horses as Shota Aminu and Ishii took on Ren Narita and Jeff Cobb. 
Jeff Cobb gives Aminu the tour of the islands to get the win. And after the match, Cobb and Ishii have a pull apart. But to me, Jeff Cobb and Ishii, they started the match. And they had about a minute and a half of interaction. And I was like, yep, mm-hmm, I'm ready for their match next week. <laughs> Like, like I don't need no more promos. I don't need no more video packages. Just them hitting each other really hard, trying to shoulder block each other down, and clotheslining each other. Yep, I want to see a full match. So, Mr. Anwar Starwin, Ishii, continuing his run of, you know, having these big matches and good matches. Then tag team match here with Shota Aminu. They come up on the short end. But overall... That's about about Machine Japan. Yeah, I was about to say, how many four-star matches do you predict Ishii will have in this tournament? Ishii was like, arguably was one of the, like, him and Ibushi were like the MVPs of that tournament last year. Ishii Mm -hmm. was always in the mix as MVP, so saying if He's going to have a great match. Just look at the block he's in. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of, like, potential really good matches. Like, I think he's in B block, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're going to get Ishii versus Shingo. Oh, my God. Like, just look at, look at so many potential really interesting matches. And that Moxie versus Ishii match is interesting to see what type of match they can pull off. Will it work? And how will, like, Moxie adapt? Because this style is more of like hardcore and all that crazy shit. But I mean, Ishii could do that. But gotta like, this is gonna be interesting tournament to see how Moxie grows as a wrestler because he can grow being in that tournament because he's gonna have a lot of different opponents. Right. But yeah, Ishii is just one of my favorite wrestlers. Everybody knows that at this point. Um, this match right here, yeah, that shit got me hyped. <laughs> I like how they use young lines and everything, and I was like, I didn't need no nothing else. It's just like, okay, I already was kind of, I was already interested because those two type of styles, and two little beefy power guys, and I was like, yeah. But then, but then I then you get to see it. It's like, oh yeah, I'm going to be ready, 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 ready for that match coming up but yeah and, and the young lines they just do their thing though so like narita and you know it's just awesome i don't know what they're going to do is one of them are going to stay in new japan or one is going to go an excursion or both going an excursion because it seems like we could see a past where someday yumino is in one of those like main event slots someday, like, four or five years down the line. Because they're doing certain stuff with him they don't, like, do, from my knowledge. So, yeah, I got high expectations for Shota, and Ren was amazing, and Seth Super Junior, he lost, but he wasn't losing, so. Now, Madam Lizette, being there live in person, what does a Hoss match sound like? So, um, full disclosure. Oh, yeah, that's right. This oh. is when I decided to go get a beer. <laughs> so, I missed totally I decided missed to go it. to I decided to go get a beer, and I decided to go run around and try so I can get a shirt from the merch um, uh, that section. And once again, if you listen to the pre-show, you know that I was unsuccessful in the merch. I was not unsuccessful with the beer. 
Can that By the time to, I got back, the mask was over. Supposed to be suspense. Um, you you know. Um, Spoiler. by the time I got back, the, the match was over. But from what I could hear from the crowd, they really enjoyed it. So I'm gonna assume that like the Hoss match was excellent. Um, there weren't a bunch of like Ishii fans, at least like shirt wise or merch wise. I don't even really think he had merch. Um, at any of the merch tables anyway. But Ishii's one of my faves. The reason why I went to go get a beer during that time is because he was wrestling Jeff Cobb. And I just don't really too much care for Jeff Cobb. Um, so was, I was like, so it's Ishii, not Jeff Michael Cobb. Elgin. I can understand. Is, I was like, yeah, I, neither one of them actually. Neither one of them float my boat. So that was why me and Best Friend were like, we're going to try to get a beer and also go see if we can get merch. Um, you ain't got no love for Matanza? That's all you told me. I mean, not 100%. No, I really need to get better about like paying attention to the young lions instead of being like, I see you when you come back from excursion because I feel like that's really uh, weird on my side. Uh, <laughs> oh, you miss out on so many great little matches. You are right, but Halissa needs her sleep, and sometimes you gotta fast forward you know through the first like hour and a half. You know what I do? A lot of times I'll watch the young lion match and won't watch the tag team matches and go straight to the main events. No, I usually watch the tag team matches because I like all the chaos. <laughs> so anyway, I didn't watch this match. I'm sorry. I apologize. I was not a good fan of that situation. I was back with you after this, though. I came right back on it without after this one. The next match when Halisa returned to her seat. <laughs> oh, man. Goto and Yoshihashi were taking on Jay White and Chase Owens. So Goto jump, dumps Jay White to the floor. You get the Ishiguroshi on Chase Owens. And Goto follows with kicks. And then he lands the GTR on Chase Owens. And Goto and Yoshihashi get the win. Now, Madam Lizette, you said that the crowd was pro Bullet Club. So I they guess were. they were loving everything about Jay White in this match. Most definitely. They were most definitely here for everything Jay White. The one of the guys behind me kept calling Chase Owens fat though, and I was like, I mean, yes, he is. He like it was, little, it was a combination of like, years. dude, you need to go to the gym, and um, dude, you can't wrestle. Like it was a combination. Wow. Of wow. <laughs> yeah, they were not. They were not nice to Chase. So you can tell the Chase is the stepchild. He is the ugly duckling that may or may not well, become a swan. You know, Adam Page used to be in that same spot a couple of years ago. And now look at him. So Right. And that's what I was telling best friend. I was just like, well, I mean, he's basically the new version of Adam. So he just needs to do the full gear challenge and have some really good matches in the G1. And he can get an amazing, excellent deal with AEW next. <laughs> Uh, any thoughts about Goto and Yoshihashi? So, uh, every time I see Yoshihashi, I have a replay of him falling and busting his head on the side of the oh, ring man. about six months ago. So, it's really hard for me to like watch a match without like breaking out in fits of giggling. However, I am looking forward to seeing Goto versus Jay White because they are the ones that are going to be wrestling the G1, right? Yes, ma'am. Alright, so I am looking forward to that. I think that like the watching them kind of go at it for the little bit of time that we did get to see them kind of go at it and stuff. I thought that was really good. And I'm not like pro Goto in any trusty imagination, but it was nice to kind of see him like have some like um, fierceness to him. So I enjoyed that. Yoshihashi actually has gotten better in the ring. You can tell he's like been getting healthy and he's lost some weight. So I, I'm, I'm working on the giggling that happens when he comes out now. 
Um, and I don't find him to be so much of a joke like I did about six months ago. But I'm still very much so pro Jay White, and I hope that he, you know, mops the floor with Goto in a couple of days. <laughs> now, Mr. Anwar Starwin is the exact opposite. He's all about Goto. The more Goto, the better. So, sir, do you feel that Goto looks strong enough in this match that he should be considered a serious threat in this year's G1? He looked like the person that could create issues for like a lot of the people in the tournament. He looked in great shape. He looked leaner than I've seen like the last time I saw him. He had fire in that match. And... Even though they did all this, they, they helped them get the victory and whatnot. It's all good build, even if we all know in our hearts that he's not fucking beating Jay White. <laughs> at all. At <laughs> all. He's at all. But it's good storytelling and good like like build to their match. So I'm 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 cool with it, and I I I like Yoshihashi, but it's just. I don't know, man. It's just not going to work. I just, I'm kind of on that lane where it ain't going to happen for him, bro. And at some point, one of these young lines is going to take his spot, and we're going to see Yoshihashi somewhere else. Because he's been there for a while, and he, I don't think he's won no singles titles. He's challenged, but never won no singles titles. And as far as, like, Chase, Chase was one of I, I enjoyed Chase more in that match today, actually, but... Oh, I mean, whatever. I, I mean, I, I can support that. I can see that. Yeah, I, I dug. I dug what he was doing within the match, and <laughs> yeah, man, I like. It was a nice match. I mean, I think the part that is interesting to me is like Yoshihashi is supposed to be the headhunter, but like you said, he's never won any titles. So it's like, how can you, how can your nickname or your moniker be the headhunter if you've never been successful in your headhunting abilities? I mean, like. Yeah. At least, I mean, and no, I mean, not to make this about WWE, but like Randy Orton was a legend killer. He was also out here like taking out legends. I kind of feel like Yoshihashi should be doing the same thing. Like, if you're going to be the headhunter, then like you should be champion at least by now. And that means, if, if, as you're being champion, that means you should have went up against people who are the heads of their factions or the heads of their division or whatever, or head of the heavyweights. And like, you haven't done that. So it, it does not make him believable in that way. Like it's hard to get behind him. And I'm like, well, you probably going to take the pin or you probably going to lose. Like watching this match, like when it first hit, I was like, all right, so either um, Yoshihachi's taking the pin or Chase is taking the pin. But like Goto and Jay White ain't taking the pin. Like this is not happening because they have a stature about them where I know they're not taking the pin. It's the other two dudes. That's why y'all in this match in the first place. <laughs> to like eventually make those two guys look good so that we can prepare for their match. Because y'all are like, you know, the ancillary talent in this situation. And it you just can't be out here being the crown jewel or being the headhunter and you're the ancillary talent that nobody really cares about that people make jokes about during the matches, if that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> and our final multi-person match before the start of this year's G1 Climax, the legend Jushin Thunder Liger teamed up with Jush Robinson and Yano to take on Shingo, Bushi, and Naito. Yano low blows Bushi and he cradles him for the win. 
Juice and Thunder Liger, Juice Robinson, and Iano have a great moment with the crowd where they're uh, Liger's posing, Juice's following, doing Liger's pose, and then Liger's doing Juice's pose. So that seemed like it was a lot of fun. It was. I'll start with Mr. <laughs> Anwar Starwin. Shingo and Naito. LIJ hey, members. They're going to have to face each other very, very soon. Well, LIJ don't really trip off that. Their whole thing as a unit is that they all want to be the best. So to be the best, they feel that they're best as a unit. So they got to go against each other. It's nothing really personal. It's just we trying to be the best. So it, it, we're going to come together and we're going to throw hands. But at the end of the day, we still crew. So it don't even matter. It's not that serious. <laughs> That's what's so, up. Shingo and Naito are going to kill each other, and it's going to be awesome. It I'm is. Gonna be, it's going to be excellent. Be completely, because Shingo is one of my favorite people this year wrestling. Same. He's just killing it. And within this match right here, the Juice and Shingo stuff was really good, and it was they were throwing some stiff strikes. And I just enjoyed Naito being a savage, because that shit never gets old for me. I enjoyed him throwing the belt, <laughs> being a prick. Get, making people boo him. I enjoyed it. I, like, I love the crowd. The crowd was cool during it. Madam Lizette, you got to see Juice and Thunder Liger live and in person. So what was that like, first and foremost? So, um, this is a secret y'all probably don't know about me, but me and Juice have had beef since he beat Tyler Breeze in NXT. So, I don't really get up for him like that because I 100% ride for the fact that Tyler Breeze should have won that match. I don't care how good. (laughs) Right, but I wasn't there for Juice and Thunder Liger in 1990 because I was born in 91. So, (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I do not get up for that. I really, my best friend would be like, your favorite wrestler's up there. And I was just looking at him. I'm like, I'm not standing up for this. He was like, your best friend's up there, though. No, I'm not. I'm not doing this because I don't agree. Um, but no, he looked like not to all of my pettiness aside. He looked really good. And the crowd was really excited to see him, too. So I understand that this is his farewell tour. And um, he means something to a generation. He means something to New Japan. Just because he, I don't have any of those kind of feelings about him doesn't mean that other people don't. So um, for what it was worth, he was good in the match and the crowd really appreciated him but Alyssa was back there being petty and being a hater um everyone else though when Los Angeles Bernales came out that like crowd was wow like Naito music hits and crowd just everybody's on their feet everyone's excited um I saw more Los Angeles Bernales shirts and gear than I saw of anything else which I which makes a lot of sense since um, Texas is predominantly Hispanic. And so I'm assuming that a lot of folks watch him in CMLL and then they kind of just followed him over to Japan. So um, watching them just be so geeked to see him was excellent. Um, I am prepared and like excited to watch Shingo and Naito go at it um, in a couple of weeks because I feel like that's going to be fantastic. And like um, Anwar said, they have an understanding that like we want to be the best and so we got to beat each other. We got to beat each other. On top of the fact that in being the, we are the, we feel that we are the best wrestlers, period. So we're the best wrestlers, period. We got to go up against each other at any, like, at any moment. So it wasn't, you know, no issues or anything like that. I was kind of sad I didn't get to see, like, or get a good view 
of Bushi's mat, the fate, the first mask. I saw the second one, but I didn't get a good view of the of the first one because, like I said, the ring was kind of in the way of them walking down for me. But um, Yano was hilarious. I love Yano. I find him to be super entertaining. Plus, Yano can actually wrestle when he wants to. And Juice got a really good pop as well. Good old CJ Parker. I'm so proud of him for, you know, just kind of changing it up and like becoming a big staple um, in New Japan at this point. So overall, I enjoyed it. It was good. The crowd was really into it. And I'm excited to kind of see like what's going to happen with Los Angeles as we go through the B block. I got something to add add about the NXT thing. Mm -hmm. That to me, that this this is a theory that some of us believe. Like they let Liga win that match to have the idea that it was a peace offering that we just want to coexist with New Japan. We don't want to be in direct competition with them. They did that as a piece of, a fake peace offering, while at the same time preparing to build up enough money to go after the good brothers, AJ and Nakamura. Yep. I like that theory. <laughs> oh, we're friends. We're cool. We don't got to worry about our talent going anywhere then. Got them right when them contracts ended. So they did. Months, You're right. A couple, couple months later. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a hater. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we we ain't hating on Tony Storm right now. Whatever. No, we're not putting her through a table yet. <laughs> this is Cast a Strong Style. This is being brought to you by the CSPN. You can listen to Cast a Strong Style on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, YouTube. Um, just download, subscribe to the podcast through CSPN.us or any podcast app. Now we're moving on to the beginning of this year's G1 Climax Tournament. Our first match of this year's tournament, Lance Archer takes on Will Ospreay. Lance Archer from Dallas, Texas, the hometown hero. Ospreay fights off the dragon suplex, hits a headbutt, but Lance Archer hits a knee strike. The super blackout connects and Archer locks on the claw. Will Ospreay fades. Lance Archer pins Will Ospreay, and he gets the first two points in this year's G1 tournament. So, Madam Lizette, we'll start with you. The, so, the young Power okay. Ranger, Will Ospreay, <laughs> against a real life giant and Lance Archer. What'd you think? So, first thing, I didn't realize how big Lance Archer was. Um, like them being in the ring, I was like, wow, he got like a good, like three, four feet on him. Like it, he, not only was he, is he more muscular than Osprey, he's taller than Osprey. He like towered over him. So that was actually pretty cool to see. Um, if you know me, you know, I'm a Lance Archer hater, but, <laughs> but surprisingly, I was not looking forward to this match. This is going to be my go get a beer match. Um, but we had got margaritas before that, so I didn't have to go get a beer. And um, it was actually better 
than I thought it was going to be. And they did the non-WWE thing, which is let the, the hometown hero win at home. So um, I liked what I saw from both of them. Like, it looks like Lance has gotten um, into shape. He didn't feel so sluggish and slow in the ring. Um, I like that, like, no matter how much, no matter what Osprey did to, like, win, he just couldn't. Like, he just kept getting overpowered and basically tuckering and tiring himself out. Um, I like Lance's whole new, like, look and appeal, too. Like, I'm I'm not hopping on the train just yet, but... It was surprisingly how good that match was. Of course, it was a pro Lance crowd because he is from Dallas, which I didn't learn that until about two weeks ago. Um, so that tells you how much I know. Um, but it was it was a pro Lance crowd. But they, I mean, they still gave Osprey his love and everything, and they still got up for the you know the high spots. And it was still also really nice to watch them really actually go out into the crowd like they do at a New Japan show, and not being like, oh, since we're in America, we're not about to go over you know, the barricade or whatever, like they still kept that authenticity while being in America and, and, and their first time being in Dallas. But um, yeah, this actually ended up being my favorite match. And I mean, it was hard to pick, but this really was my favorite match, probably because I had the lowest expectations for it and it actually ended up being pretty good. Mr. Andor Starwin, we saw this match a few months ago, and it was like, oh, man, you know who had a great match? Lance Archer and Will Ospreay. And you know what we can say again? You know who had a great match? Will Ospreay and Lance Archer. It wasn't such a surprise this time, though. It wasn't such a surprise, but Lance with the new gear, and I think, is that a new interest music? I'm not sure. I think it is. Uh, it, 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 his whole energy was just really great, and it, it was just, I thought it would be good, but I didn't know it would be that good, because I really enjoyed their match at um, New Japan Cup. And to me, after at the, at the end of this match, I was like, oh, this is better than that match. And that match was one of the better matches I saw earlier this year. So I'm rooting for Lance. He finally got out of that tag team, and now he's getting the opportunity to show what he's worth in the singles division and I hope he does a great job because he's very likable like I listened to a, like an interview with him on The Observer and he just came off really great in it like a lot of these these wrestlers be doing interviews and they be doing that carny shit he sounded like an actual real human being just talking about a craft that he was doing and that's like the type of stuff when you do that it's like you, you, you draw people and then want people to back you more so he did a great job with that, and he did a great job in this match, but sadly, his next opponent is Bad Luck Fale, so that ain't working a lot, like, that, that ain't a lot to work with. No disrespect to Fale, because I like him as a person, and I like what he does with his, his training, his students and whatnot, but he don't be really bringing it in the ring that much anymore, and I would like to see Lance just with this opportunity to kill it and then if they need a new monster within that division, let him be that monster, not Fale no more. So, not here for Fale. Um, Osprey is Osprey. Osprey is great. And this is another example of why he's in the running for rest of the year. And sorry, Seth Fane, he's still better. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I got to add on that. Next up, Bad Luck Fale 
He faced off against Evil. Evil gets the chairs. He nails Fale. He wraps it around his head. But Fale hits Evil with a low blow. And he wraps the chair around Evil's head. He does the baseball bat swing spot with the other chair. And then he gets Evil into the bad luck fall. And bad luck Fale upsets Evil. So, the monster known as Bad Luck Fale strikes again in the G1, Anwar. He always looks motivated to the first couple of weeks of this thing. And this one is no surprise again. So, if if, if Yoshihashi wasn't good enough, even though he was actually playing wrestling hard within G1 last year, but he didn't get to be in this one, why is Fale in this tournament after the bullshit he did last year? I agree. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, just echoing a sentiment that's out there in the fan base. It's <laughs> like, how does he, how that makes sense? But whatever. Um, this match was better than I thought about it. It would be. I was like, literally looking at that match on the card. And I was like, I love me some fucking evil. Everybody know I love evil. I'm like, man, I ain't trying to watch the whole match. <laughs> but then I said, my love for evil triumphs over all because everything is evil. Um. Yeah, I mean, Evil had a lot of fire, a lot of energy, and that made me kind of engage in the match, and, and Fale did not not sink the boat. So he did enough, and, and, he, and Evil caught an L. But, I mean, I'm trying to figure out what they're doing with Evil right now because it seems like he don't do the fist bump. Like, Snoddy didn't do it last year during G1 or before G1. So I'm trying to figure out, like, where is this going because it's like, he would be taking some of these pinfalls in these matches, like even in a tag match. So I'm trying to say, see where exactly they're headed. That's that's an interesting thing for me. But yeah, good match, good match, but not on the level of any of the other like block matches this night. Miss Madame Lizette, were you impressed with the size of Mister Bad Luck Fale as you were with Lance Archer? Um, not so much so I wasn't super like this match wasn't bad in person but it wasn't like super good either um and then the ending came like kind of out of nowhere I think I got looked I looked I looked at looked left looked back and I was like oh the match is over like that's kind of how quickly it kind of went at least to me it was it was not my like it wasn't my favorite match and I guess if we were talking about like the last the singles parts it was probably like my least favorite match I just kind of like what Anwar said I don't understand how Bad Luck Fale continuously gets a spot in this when like he hasn't really done much like and I guess it also might be me being salty because Minoru Suzuki wasn't picked and I'm they came to my city and I didn't get Minoru Suzuki and I really feel a way about that I really do um. And I just don't think Bad Luck Fale is better than him. And I just feel like that spot could have been given to him or it could have just been given to somebody else entirely. But the match itself was okay. I am an evil person. I really want evil to win. And then for evil to like lose, I was like, oh, well, that's like anticlimactic. And then for it to be like the chair spots and stuff like that, like I just, it, I, they kept trying to pull me into the match and I just wasn't really for it. Like I just, I just didn't enjoy it as much as I probably could have. So, oh, it's good. Yeah, that's kind of, oh, no, you're, you're good. So, that's kind of where I'm at with that one. Like, it was good, but like, I just didn't enjoy it as much as I probably could have. Hopefully, these next two gentlemen pulled you all the way in. 
as Sonata faced off against Zack Sabre Jr. Sonata counters the Zack driver into the skull end. Sonata swings him around, but the moonsault is countered into a triangle by Zack. Sonata powers up, but Zack fires back. We get a skull end by Sonata, and Zack Sabre Jr. starts to fade. Zack powers up one more time, and he gets the European clutch for a two count. Sonata counters into the prawn hold, and Sonata gets the stunning victory over Zack Sabre Jr. Now, Mademoiselle, how do you feel about this match? Did these guys get your attention? Did they pull you in? Yes. They, I was I was fully invested. I was on my feet. I was oozing eyes. I was clapping and cheering. And these two dudes did a great job. Like, a great job. Second favorite match. And, I mean, almost basically a tie with Archer and um, Osprey. Because, I mean, they killed it. And the crowd was in it. The crowd was, like, the false finishes, like, the could-be taps, like, all that. The crowd was going left and right. And they were going on the roller coaster with them. It was great. Really enjoyed it. The crowd was really into it. Like, I want to watch them wrestle forever honestly like i think we I, I think we might have gotten like a this is awesome chant and i think they might have even like a fight forever chant too during this match because the crowd really 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 enjoyed this match and i did too like those dudes did great um i like sonata's pirate gear and like um zach saber jr is he is just such an asshole and i love it and the fact that like he decided he's gonna chuck the ref out and then beat up on some young lions i was with it i was 100 with it because 100 with it because he was like i ain't deserve to lose and i was like yeah bro but she lost anyway so oh well um, so yeah it was it was good i'm happy to not i got the win um because i feel like they kind of continue to solidify him as like being that really good technical wrestler and being like a submission specialist, like I think that, that solidifies him in that role because Zach Sabre Jr. is so good at submissions. Um, and just watching them twist each other up and everything, it was great. They did a great job. I was here. I was invested for for sure, 100%. On this podcast, we always question Sonata. Is he going to give us the effort? Or is he going to just kind of be just too cool for school in his matches? But it seems like Zack Sabre Jr. can rough him up enough where he knows he's got to take it serious. And this was another match where he showed and proved. So your prospects for Sonata. We've been talking for two years on this show, me and you, Anwar, about Sonata. Getting into the championship mix. He hasn't gotten there yet. Can he finally use the G1 as his springboard to maybe become the IWGP heavyweight champion? Oh. It might be over here how we see Sonata, but in Japan, I think he's like the fourth most popular wrestler in Japan, right? Mm-hmm. At least from like some of the polls I've heard. So whatever he's doing is connecting over there, but it's not always translated over here. Sonata's ultimate end game to reach his potential is for him to actually break rank and get a hell out of LIJ. Because... That's probably his ultimate where he needs to be able to, like, branch off and be one of those top four spots because Tanahashi's breaking down and they need somebody in that one of those spots. They have a lot of people that could be potentially in those spots, but right now those spots are held down by Okada, Naito, Tanahashi, and whether you like people like it or not, 
Jay White. So one of those slots is going to open, and we'll see who comes in and jumps in that. But as far as this match, um, like somebody else said it somewhere else, but Sonata is like the perfect force for Zack Sabre Jr. I he agree. Just, <laughs> he's, he, he's like, the shit that Zack does is so great and unique and special. But it's like Sonata is basically Neo, and this shit you doing ain't going to work in the Matrix versus me because I got counters for that shit you doing too. So, and it just, I just love how he rolls up Zach and just steals victories from him. Yeah. Him all. And he just, he get, he's like, Zach gets so in his fucking feelings. It's just so funny. But, yeah, man, I could, give me Zach Sabre Jr. versus Sonata or Zach Sabre Jr versus Obushi and I'll be happy. Give me that once a year and I'm happy. But it's just they he Zach is awesome man. I wanna I wanted someday to be like at least in the Condo champion. If I should not have winning this victory, it also opens up like him to get an opportunity versus Zach for the Red Pro or heavyweight title. So yeah. that's another thing to check out. So yeah. And Probably the most anticipated match of the A Block opening night. Kenta versus Kota Ibushi. A head kick by Kenta and he covers for a two count. Kenta follows with another head kick and a third. He hits a fourth and he covers Kota Ibushi and he only gets two count again. Kenta then drops the knee pad. He hits the GTS to go to sleep. And Kenta pins Kota Ibushi. Now, Madame Lizette, the last time we saw the artist formerly known as Hideo Itami, it wasn't so good for him in the world of WWE and NXT. Did he look rejuvenated? Did he look uncaged? Could you see that, yes, he had finally been set free of his five-year prison sentence being in the WWE system? Yes, at least in my opinion, yes. Like, it was nice to see him, like, wrestle the way he wants to wrestle and wrestle against Ibushi, who, like, can pretty much pull a good match out of anybody. Mm -hmm. Um just because, like, he is that good. But, yeah, it was really good to see Kenta. It was really good to, like, see him kind of just, like, be comfortable in the ring. And then I don't know if y'all noticed, like, Shibata was there. Mm-hmm. They showed him, like, for, like, maybe two seconds. <laughs> and I was like, yo, was he going to, like, come out here? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Well, that was sad. But, like, once it got going, it got going. And I think he deserves that Shibata co-sign, honestly. Like, after watching that match, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. Like, I get why Shibata's kind of – I get why they're trying to do this and tie him into him, tie him with him and, you know, show that, you know, he's getting that endorsement. Because I think an endorsement for Shibata is really important for him, especially since, like, as Americans, we only know him because of his NXT and, like, failed 205 Live run. So, and when he could get started in NXT, he got hurt. And then when he came back, he got hurt again. And, like, all the guys he could have wrestled, you know, the Kevins, the Sammys, the Shinsuke's and all that, they had all been called up. But he was still dwindling and 
you know, NXT and the two or five thing, two or five live thing happens, and it's it's good. He has good matches. Not like he doesn't, but it's still not as good as it could be. So this match gave me hope. The crowd was still very much so in the match, and they enjoyed it. It was interesting too because you could tell that the crowd like wasn't necessarily sure if like Kenta was who they thought he was. So like you had, you could tell that there were some folks who were like, "Is that Hideo Itami, or am I tripping?" Um, but I don't find that to be surprising since, I mean, his stint on WWE television wasn't like significant or big. Um, it was a pro Ibushi crowd though. Like they love him. They love that little baby face over there. Um, but I don't blame them. Um, is, is, is he as beautiful as he looks on TV? He is. Ooh. Yeah, he is like swoop. Can't help but swoon. Like, yeah, swoon. Like, I mean, I prefer men with a, with a beard or like some facial hair. So, like, I was here for Jay White. Um, but ain't never gonna give us that, man. Yeah, but she ain't never gonna become ain't like never gruff. Gonna give us that. I'll be like, damn, bro, bro. <laughs> he ain't gonna never be scruffy. And then every time I figure out like how old Bushi is and the fact that he looks like he's eighteen, I'm just like, wow. Yeah, he's like an <laughs> Like you were just gonna age backwards the rest of your life, huh? Um, no, but he is he is beautiful in person, honestly. And I think I, I actually saw um some golden lovers gear and some bushy gear. And then my best friend told me that there was a girl there who had basically um took like a bunch of like bushy like his color scheme and his stars and everything and made like a whole outfit from head to toe. So she had like a top some knee highs and uh like a skirt and everything i didn't get to see her but he saw her and he was like no the gear was really really good so like i said crowd was pro bushy this match was actually really good um it was a i I hate to say it was a nice coming down from sonata and um Zach Sabre Jr. because then it makes you feel like their match wasn't good and it was it was just it was a nice like relax going into the main event and like how hype everybody was going to be for that main event so like it wasn't forgettable it was just like you came down off of that high that you were on with them and all of those like all of that that was going on that match to kind of prep for that okada um tanahashi match but it still was a good match on its own so yeah all right mr anwar starwin he took five years away from japan I know that you're a big fan of Kenta, the Noah edition. <laughs> Did you see any resemblance to that? Or I, I, see, I, I, I did see him have looked like an artist that was allowed to be free from a creative system that wasn't good for him. That I noticed. He seemed more comfortable. And he seemed to be enjoying himself. Yes, he's not as fast as he was. Yes, he doesn't necessarily have the physique he used to have because of the injuries and age. But it's like people got to also keep in mind he ain't wrestled in a couple of months, too. So as he gets more rust off of him, he's going to look even better and it is going to build his confidence. And this match was just more about establishing him as a player within New Japan. And even as a Bushi fan, and wanting Ibushi to like be great and win almost everything because I think he deserves everything because he's amazing. But I just like I got what they were doing and I got why they made Kenta look so strong within that match because you know if Ibushi does win, he won. 
and Kent to beat him, that opens up an opportunity for Kent to challenge for that briefcase in a main event spot on one of those tours in the fall of summer. You know, they, they sneaky in New Japan, so you gotta keep your eyes open. But, yeah, man, this was a really good match. It's not on the level of Zach and Sonata or um, Will and, and Arthur, but it was, it was it was a really good match, man. I mean, like it's gonna get it's gonna get better with cancer. So just hopefully the injury got like like spare him and let him just thrive. And it was cool to see like um, Shibata over there in the corner, just kind of checking his matches, just kind of see probably up close to see where he could like give some more input to like Canada, where he could do some different things because they are friends. He wants to do best. So, I mean, like, I'm kind of hoping the takeover thing happens and maybe we get Kenta and go to the tag team, but we'll see. Um, awesome match, but but not on the same level as, like, the two, like, the best, best matches of the night. Then it was time for the main event of the evening. As the IWGP heavyweight champion, the Rainmaker, Okada. He faced off against the ace Tanahashi. Tanahashi counters the Rainmaker to a small package for a great near fall. We get a dragon suplex by Tanahashi for a two count. They work into some counters. We get some slaps by Tanahashi but Okada hangs on. He, he, he gets hit with another slap. Tanahashi then rushes Okada and he runs into the tombstone. Okada follows the tombstone up with the Rainmaker and Okada gets the win. All right, Madam Lizette. How was this entrance? Entrance was fire. (laughs) It was so lit. Like, everyone was on their feet besides like a like I think this one couple that was like a couple rows in front of me but for the most part everyone was on their feet we all did the go age chance and then when Okada music hit we all like we were all we were invested a hundred percent like they have the Okada books no we didn't get Okada books and I really wanted some too so don't rub it in um I was like we're gonna get and we didn't um but that's okay I'm not even tripping the match itself was just like it, just, it was electric. Like it was electric. Like you could, you could tell that like fans that were that were watching, like and that were in like in the um, stadium or whatever. Like this was a match that they were going up for, and it didn't matter. Granted, like Tanahashi, at least from what I saw, like the shirt. I remember I, in the what's face, I talked about the shirts that I wanted. Like Tanahashi shirt was the only shirt that was still there, and there weren't a bunch of Tanahashi shirts. Like in general, there was a bunch of Okada shirts, but even. With that, like, being a difference, the crowd still went up for both of them. It felt awesome in there. It was electric. It was great. Great, great, great moment. Like, it just, it felt really good. And it really felt like kind of like one of those passing of the guards, too. Because, I mean, Tanahashi is going to have to retire eventually. And Okada is going to become the ace eventually. Like, that that's kind of how these things work. And that's kind of how it's going to have to work. Um, but, and then I guess the funniest part for me was like when 
Okada revealed his shorts because the whole crowd <laughs> cheered. Like the whole crowd went up for the for him putting on the short or him having on the shorts. Either it was it was everything. The match itself was actually surprisingly very good. You can tell that like Tanahashi has like healed up and he's gotten into shape. Um and it didn't, I guess I mean it's like what the hundredth time I think they fought in the last six sixteen <laughs> six months. So like you thought that you would be around. I at least thought that I would be tired of seeing them at this point, but no, I was excited. I was invested. I was in. It was. It was. You were kind of just riding this wave and being on this high because you knew you were watching something special that you may not get to watch anymore. Well, that's so, awesome. That match. sounded like it was a worth the price of admission type of main event. Yeah. No. Honestly, it was. Mister Andwar Starwin, your assessment, sir, of. The Rainmaker, Okada, getting another win over Tanahashi. The only thing that I was surprised about the match is the length of it, but I like that it was that they, they just got in and did what they needed to do and got the hell out. It was an awesome match. It was another great match in their overall history with each other, and I think this is the first time within G1 that either one of them has actually just, I think, like straight up beat each other because, like, it's usually they only have draws in G1. So, I mean, for Okada to get that victory is big. So, and also avenges that, that, that defeat he lost into like Tanashi in the fall. So, it's good. It's, they're just, that's just one of the greatest wrestling views on some just straight up match stuff and actually developing another talent into like a superstar that I can think in my mind and like literally you could just go through all those matches and just see amazing stuff like literally their match versus that invasion attack i think 2013 is one of the best matches i've ever seen it's so great and i can't and that's not even talking about the Russell kingdom matches they had they've had so many amazing matches and it's like they spoil us and for anybody that was that got to see that match live. They are they are one of some of the luckiest people in the world because a lot of people will never get to see Tanahashi versus Okada live, and you just did you saw it, so stay on you. Um, it was great to see Tanahashi break out the old shit because he really styled on him, and you're like, okay, we're in this situation, this big spot. I'm going to dial it up. So that was cool to see him do it. Because he's kind of like dialing down some of that stuff now, because he's getting older and he can't, his body can't take it no more. Mm-hmm. But man, he he really showed out for like Dallas, but that was great. But man, yeah, a block was it killed, it killed it. I was really entertained by this entire show, from the tag team matches all the way through the main event of the evening. I am a big Zack Sabre Jr. fan, so anytime he has a match that goes more than 10 minutes, I think it's the best match on the card. And uh, this G1 event was nothing different. I thought him and Sonata told a great story, and Sonata once again able to play the game of catch as catch can with Zack Sabre Jr. Great story. I was good to see Kenta really showcase. I have never seen Kenta wrestle. I've always seen Hideo Itami, so it was good to see the differences in the style and the aggressiveness and um, Will Ospreay, man, he just continues to produce great matches. He's getting into the point where, you know, small guys, big guys, medium guys, 
he can wrestle them all and do awesome things. And when you can do that, you become much more valuable to the company and you get a chance to be in a lot more championship matches and different mixes that keeps you fresh. So I'm looking forward to what Will Ospreay is going to do for the rest of this year. He is really about one more good five-star match away from probably being wrestler of the year if he doesn't go to Shingo. Shingo doesn't beat him to the next five-star match first. This is between them and Kento Miyahara. You got to watch all Japan. That's all I got to say. <laughs> got to watch all Japan. Just yeah. those, those, those main event matches. Okay. I'll try to, when I'm on a, a lazy day and it's like, oh, the power went out or something, I'll grab my tablet and see if I can remember that. Before we turn it over to Anwar and Madame Lizette for their shout outs, let's preview what's going to happen this Saturday night as the B Block gets into action. Juice Robinson is going to wrestle Shingo. Ishii is going to face off against Jeff Cobb. Yano is going to face Naito, which is going to be great. Goto faces Jay White and John Moxley against Taichi. So, Madam Lizette, out of those five matches, which one are you looking forward to the most? Um, probably Goto and Jay White, just because like seeing them kind of have that little two minutes in the ring, and like Goto just kind of having a different feel about him now. Um, I want to see how that's going to translate into like a full length match with them, and then um, John Moxley. I don't really, I'm not like the biggest friend of Taiichi, so like, I just want to see him wrestle somebody different, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, and I hope that he gets the win, but I wouldn't be like upset if he didn't. Um, Because I really like John Moxley. The next time I talk to you on this podcast, you will have officially, like everybody else, converted to the dark side and become a Taiichi fan. I don't know what takes y'all so long. I mean, hopefully, I've, I like, I, I am starting to see it, but I have not made it there. I think it's the gimmick, honestly. Like, the opera gimmick really just kind of, like, blows me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm sorry. Like, fan of the opera gimmick just kind of blows me. And I'm a musical lover, so that's a whole other thing. Um, I'm, like, a musical and classical movie lover, and I just I, I can't get behind that gimmick. But uh, I want to see John Moxley, him kind of go at it. Because I just the more that he has left WWE behind and changes up his wrestling, the more I want to see what he's going to put on um, in Product Rise. Just because, like, we didn't get to see what he could do really good as Dean Ambrose in WWE. And then, of course, Naito and Yano is going to be nothing but shenanigans. So I'm always going to be there for that. <laughs> and Russ Thurman, I'll pose you the same question, sir. Uh, the match that you're looking forward to or matches you're looking forward to in this block, B block uh, opening night. Juice versus Shingo, um, Cobb versus Ishii, and... Um, I think he wants the Moxley kind of interest me just to see, like, like what man was this, but something different. That's going is 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 he going to be dead and throw hands, or he's going to be there for the bullshit? That's what interests me. I'm definitely looking forward to Ishii and Jeff Cobb and Jay White. I, I'm I like the way that. He has rebounded after losing the championship. It, now he seems 
championship ready. Whereas before it was like he was in the spot, but I don't think he felt he was ready or that he may and the people didn't feel like he deserved it. Now I think inwardly he feels like okay now I understand what it is to be a champion and what it takes to be the champion and he's getting himself ready for the run and I hope the people when he does become champion the next time have caught up and are ready for it I personally think the best Jay White run is going to be him someday as a baby face but because I think some of his best stuff people have as a baby face Maybe so. go out of your way and look up that Osprey versus um, Jay White match from I think it was like Water Worlds or something. It was like can't remember, but it was it was a year or two ago, and it was in ROH and it was in New York, and that was a hell of a match. So they can do stuff. He has to change some of his. He changed his style, like his style, which was more of a babyface lifestyle. To, to the skills character now, so he has more to offer. It's just he, he, we haven't seen it yet. So. Madam Lizette, you want to jump in with something? I just need to see. I don't know what it is about Jay White. I feel like he improves and like he gets better. Um, but like, I still think my favorite match that he's had, his or feuds that he's had were against um, Juice and Hangman. And I don't yeah. know if Juice is going to be able to bring that back out of him, especially since he's not in the G1. And Hangman's not in W or not in New Japan anymore. So, like, I liked him as champion, but I also felt like something was always missing. And I think a lot of that what is missing is his inexperience with like being champion and kind of being the guy, even if it is for a short period of time. And also he just doesn't have that chemistry with everybody in the ring. Um, mm-hmm. And he's kind of like Sonata sometimes, like he turns it on and he turns it off. Sometimes he has really great matches. And then other times it's like, Oh, okay. You're just kind of here. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that like this G one, because he is wrestling some different guys and like I mean this one he's wrestling like a vet in Goto like he will be somebody it'll click but if not it's just gonna be like wow you're it's not that you don't have the potential to be great it's just I think you kind of rest on your laurels for how good you are and that doesn't work like that is that that's just not there's somebody who's always take, r- willing and ready to take your spot. You need to always be prepared for that, especially in the wrestling world, especially in New Japan. And like, I just don't feel like Jay White feels that way, even though he hasn't been, you know, back from excursion that long. So you need to really be pumping because, I mean, you're not a part of the name folks who I'm super excited to see. But I want to see you because I want to see, like, are you going to give me that great match again? All right. So at this time, Mr. Anwar Starwin, I'll turn it over to you first and foremost, sir, for your shout outs and thank yous. Like, thank you, Madam Lizette, for coming, take your time with us today. Um, shout out to Jupiter Julep, because Jupiter Julep always gets shout outs. Um, shout out to What Sleep, though. Maybe you need to stop watching so much WWE, but whatever, girl. I got love for you regardless. Um, <laughs> And shout out to Terry Boy because Terry Boy got that knowledge. And shout out to everybody else who show love. I love y'all guys. 
<laughs> Madam Lizette, your shout outs and thank yous. Well, of course, thank you, Don and Anwar, for asking me to come on today. I appreciate it. It's been a while since Don didn't uh, put me on one of the podcasts outside the Forever Young Cast. Of course, shout out to my Forever Young Cast co-hosts, JJ and V. Uh, it's odd not being here and not having the girls with me, but it's cool. Maybe WWE will give us a May Young Classic next year. Um, shout out to my best friend because, I mean, he always gives shout outs and he went to the show with me. And... Uh, you know, thank you guys again. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Miss Madam Lizette, for joining us. I'd like to give a shout out to my co-host as always, Mr. Anwar Starwin. Definitely give a big shout out to the other ladies who co-host the Forever Young cast with Miss Madam Lizette. Please check out their State of Women's Wrestling podcast here on the CSPN. Still relevant because ain't shit really changed in WWE <laughs> since uh, that podcast was released. Uh, so. I mean, I feel like we need to have like a rehashing of like how terribly they managed to ruin Becky and oh, how much God. they have pushed Lacey into our face to the point that we dislike her and how they somehow managed to make Nikki cross talk. But like, I still don't care. And, you know, there's little little things like that. Or talk about the fact that, like, from what I have been told, I haven't seen the match yet. But Tessa Blanchard just had, like, a fucking great, amazing intergender match. match the other night on Sunday at TNA. And I'm just like, that's what we need, WWE. Some good things like that. Well, there's uh, about 900 million reasons why you'll never see is that, that type of violence against a woman in WWE because yeah, you know that know, Tessa know. Blanchard took an ass whooping. I know, I heard, <laughs> but like the thing that I heard that made me go, okay, WWE, well, not even WWE fans, wrestling fans are mature enough to deal with it. Is so many fans walked away and said, wow, that was a really good wrestling match. Not wow, like I feel like he abused her. Like, there is a difference between wrestling and like this being your job and it being a storyline and everything and like domestic violence disputes. And I wish people understood that. Like there is a difference and you can visually see the difference on top of like all the other, you know, things that you can point out, you know? So I think that WWE needs to not be so afraid of that, especially since Tessa Blanchard is like our generation or could be our that's, generation's version of China. That's like, the one they missed on. They they yeah. got all they got just about all the at that point it was Tessa Blanchard, it was Chelsea Green, it was Britt Baker. They were all kind of like all in the same little group of people that they were picking out of, and they all came on to NXT for a minute and. Candice LeRae was in that thing too and for some reason they could not nail Tessa Blanchard down but yeah she was in NXT like three years ago I mean I think I think some of it has to do with like her lineage and like her family just kind of being like you don't want to fuck with them Um, (laughs) and also I think Tessa wants to make a name for herself like and stand on her own two feet and I think she also enjoys being an indie wrestler and being able to wrestle the guys. Like, I think that that is, I think that's important to people. Like, I think I, I would not be surprised if like Candice LeRae, you know, misses Joey Ryan and like being his tag partner, because I mean that it changes how you wrestle and you get to have a little bit more fun and be a little bit more loose with certain things. Like WWE is great. Cause it's a consistent, constant paycheck, but 
if you're good at what you do, you'll find the money, you know? I mean, Dean said it best. He was like, look, if all of this falls apart, my house is paid for, and me and Renee can hop in a Winnebago and drive off into the sunset as long as I can do what I love, which is wrestle. Sometimes wrestling is more important than the paycheck. You know, I'm thinking about what you just said, and I kind of like, I, I definitely see at some point Tessa being in AEW at some point. Because oh, yeah. Because the relationships that, like, Kenny has with um, Don Callis, who's, like, one of the presidents over there, and probably his relationship with, like, Scott DeMore that's over there as far as, like, executive position. So I would not be surprised if Tessa showed up in AEW at some point. Right. And and if you have her as one of your centerpieces with Britt Baker and... Nyla Rose. Kylie Ray, Nyla Rose. Nyla, Nyla Rose Ray, is amazing. Man, and, and we ain't even talk about the Josie girls. Cause right, because Josie girls are phenomenal too. We could do, like, uh, we could do a whole thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, there is more for us to talk about. I just, we got to get G, we got to get JJ and V, you know, caught up on the indie stuff too. Yeah, so it's, yeah, man. It's, it's, there's some good stuff out there. I need to watch more um, Stardom. So for my co-host on this particular episode, Anwar Starwin and Miss Madame Lizette, I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and this has been Cast of Strong Style. Cast of Strong Style.